Hello, everybody, and welcome into the first ever podcast for the Home of the Hurt, a Mets blog over on WordPress.com. We are talking all about the Mets, exclusively about the Mets. You can visit the site, homeofthehurt.wordpress.com. Got a lot of Mets stuff already up there, a couple game recaps, just some opinionated blogs from myself with stat-driven analysis and things of the such, talking about the Mets through the Throughout this season so far, I talked about how Callaway and Dave Island have been good additions to the Mets in in some facet, talking about the pitchers and the effect that they've had on them, talking about Dom Smith when he came up, what the Mets need from Dom Smith, comparing the shortstops of the future in New York, talking Gleyber Torres, talking Ahmed Rosario, and that'll pace us here today on the podcast, talking about player development for the New York Mets talking about the state of the team as they are right now and perhaps reminiscing a little bit about that 11-1 and start to the season, which we've really come so far since then, all the way back on April 14th. After starting 11-1, they lost on the 14th. Matt Harvey started for the Amazons that day, and they've been everything but amazing since then, 20-42, and 22 games under 500, all the way down into fourth place and just above the measly Miami Marlins in the NL East, a division that is very wide open at this point. The Braves, you assume, are going to cool off at some point during this season. They're not going to continue this pace that they're at, and them and the Nationals will duke it out for that NL East title. The Mets, of course, at this moment in time, and I think it's pretty fair to say that they are not going to be in that race, though Sandy Alderson might have some other ideas about that, considering he came out the other day in the media and he said that the Mets are currently in the middle of a buyer and seller market. So whatever that might mean, he, people are taking it out of context to be fair, but he said that that means that there's still games to be won for the New York Mets and they are not completely out of it in his eyes and he's not ready to start selling just now. Of course, the trade deadline not until July 31st, and things really always start to heat up towards as you get closer and closer to that deadline, the week of it, and going down to the last minute. So what does that mean for the New York Mets that they are not they are not sellers yet? And obviously they are not going to be buyers unless something dramatic happens and this season completely turns over on its head for a second time because – already done that once for the Mets we've talked about or we've seen the New York media talk about DeGrom and Syndergaard being possible trade pieces and that was something that came out almost probably two weeks ago and of course that really was music to the ear for ears for Yankee fans they were the ones that were all over that hoping that some way somehow they would get a shot at one of those two players from the Mets and you just got to realize that that's not that's not an option for a Met fan for a Yankee fan it's, it's just not going to happen the Mets will not trade with the Yankees the Wilpons obviously the puppet masters of the New York Mets and Sandy Alderson himself 
they will refuse. They will do ever, anything in their power to not make the Yankees any bit of a better team. We saw it last year when the Mets traded Lucas Duda eventually to the Tampa Bay Rays. It had come out that the offer that the Yankees had for Duda was much better than any offer the Mets received. They obviously decided to go and send him to Tampa instead because they, the Wilpons, do not want to see the Yankees be any better than they already are because they already know that they're getting the the grunt of it from the Mets fans, all the Mets faithful who are still sticking around this long with these terrible, terrible owners that we have. But I will digress for now. I don't want to get too deep into that later on in the show. I did forget to mention that we will have a special guest for our first ever podcast here. It's going to be Brian Salvatore. He's one of the co-editors over at Amazing Avenue on SB Nation, which is a Mets blog. It's got a good, good following, and they've got a lot of contributors there that do a lot of good jobs. You should go check out them, Amazing Avenue, SB Nation, and come check out my blog, which I'm just trying to get off of it, off the ground right now, homeofthehurt.wordpress.com. One more time for you guys. So we'll talk to Brian a little bit later about some of the topics that I just covered and we'll cover in the next few minutes talking about the bullpen, which is where we'll start right now. The bullpen for the Mets has been their Achilles heel all season long, other than the fact that they can't score runs. Obviously, you can't have too many of these problems, and the Mets do have too many of these problems at the moment. The bullpen gets a start for the Mets in the series finale at home against the Dodgers, coming off a series win on the road. Excuse me, excuse me. Coming off the the losses to the Dodgers in their home field, coming back from a road trip, which the Mets did not do very well on. They get the bullpen to start this game, the series finale, because Jason Vargas, who has been absolutely useless, another terrible offseason addition by the owners and Alderson. He had been terrible. He's hurt. He couldn't start. They didn't want to throw off the rotation too much, so they let the bullpen start. Jerry Blevins starts things off, allows two home runs to open up the day. So all the Mets fans knew where this one was going. Eventually, the offense kicks it into gear. Kevin Ploiecki hits a game-tying three-run home run, and what does the bullpen end up doing? Giving up a seventh, seventh home run of the day to Dodgers hitters. The Mets lose, and nothing continues to go right for the Mets. Mickey Callaway did note that other than the seven home runs led up by the bullpen, he thought that they looked pretty good. So I guess that's a that was a good thing for Mets fans to hear. And, of course, we heard the other comment. Anthony DeComo asked, why Dom Smith wasn't in a bunting situation with the game tied or the tying run on base, excuse me, at the time, and the defense shifted all the way to the right. Would have been a prime opportunity to catch him napping, get another runner on. Dom Smith would have represented the go-ahead run. Mickey Calloway noted that Dom Smith has never bunted in his professional career, so they didn't want to ask him at that moment in time. To which Tacoma, you know, tweeted and said it's a pretty damning indictment of the Mets and their player development which is where we get into Dom Smith and Ahmed Rosario just the both of them you look at them you look at Nimmo you look at Conforto these young guys that they have come up and you hear the stories about 
when the team goes the the AAA team goes to Las Vegas and has or excuse me when they're at Norfolk before they go to Vegas all the ties are cut off from the ownership they leave them out to dry they don't care about anything that's going on down there despite that being the absolute future of the team and then the future of that team goes all the way across the country to Las Vegas where anytime a Mets player needs to get called up in a pinch they got to take a cross-country flight to try and get there so I mean I don't want to dive too deep into this we're going to talk with Brian about it as well get his thoughts on it but I mean you just look at the current state of the team uh, in all aspects the minor leagues the the major leagues just just nothing nothing going right for the Mets whatsoever they they start this season 11 and 1 and all of a sudden hopes are so high aspirations for the playoffs to begin the season we think that last season is behind us and now through 75 games we have a worse record than we had last season we shut up we the Mets as a team got shut out seven times total last season they've been shut out six times already this season 75 games not even halfway through the season they've already almost matched that number goes to show how anemic the offense has been I mean you look at the you look at the team from last year, the players that were on that team, Duda, nowhere. Neil Walker, he's with the Yankees. Addison Reed got traded. Jay Bruce gets traded. All these guys that the Mets trade, Curtis Granderson. You look at these, you go back and look at these trades, you look at the the guys that the Mets got. I mean, obviously, with a selling team, you realize that the talent that they were trading away wasn't that good. But you just none of these guys. You look at the the names of these guys that come back. You're probably gonna cringe every single time you hear the name. They try they traded due to July 27 to the Rays. They got Drew Smith back. He's been a back end bullpen guy for the Mets recently that they just called up. Hasn't done anything. Addison Reed, the the big name in that trade that we know right now is Gerson Bautista. He was another guy that the Mets tried out in the bullpen when they were doing so terrible. He hasn't done anything for them. They traded the the to the Marlins when they got A.J. Ramos. He's now out for the season, and he's had his struggles this, so far this season. You look at Jay Bruce, they got Ryder Ryan. Neil Walker, they got Cash, and a player to be named later. That player named later was Eric Hanhold. And then you look at the Curtis Granderson trade to the Dodgers. The Mets got Jacob Rain back. So whether or not the, the 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 thought process last year was that the bullpen needed to be bulked up and they tried to do that, that was their plan with these trades. It clearly did not work out in the Mets' favor whatsoever. These guys have done nothing, nothing, contributed nothing to the team that they've gotten back. And you look at the team now this year, I mean, we got Dom Smith, who's supposed to be the, the first baseman of the future for the team. He's playing left field. And we have Reyes starting over Rosario at shortstop, despite Rosario actually coming alive a little bit at the plate. And we have Jose Bautista. Jose Bautista is playing right field. Dom Smith in left, Jose Bautista in right, Jose Reyes playing short over Rosario. That sums up the state of this team so perfectly right now. I, It's it's hilarious that 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 right there is the Mets that's the 2018 Mets through 75 games Dom Smith future first baseman is playing left Jose Bautista is in right 
and Jose Reyes is playing over Ahmed Rosario. With that, on that very sad note, we're welcoming in our guest for our show, first ever show, Brian Salvatore. Like we mentioned, the co-editor over at SB Nation on the Amazing Avenue blog, blog for the Mets. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. You want to just tell us a little, give, give yourself a little introduction for all the listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I've been a Mets fan pretty much my entire life. I uh, I came of age in the sort of mid-90s, the uh, the dark days for being a Mets fan. And, uh, you know, I was in college when they got into the 2000 World Series. So since then, I've been really a pretty... Uh, a pretty rabid fan, and uh, I married a Mets fan. I am proud to say I have converted my two young children to Mets fans, and I've been involved with Amazing Avenue for about two and a half years now. And I'm, uh, like you said, I'm an editor at the site. I also host the podcast, and I do a little bit of writing myself. Very awesome. So where can we listeners find the links for your podcast? It's, it's linked right on the site itself, right? It is, yeah. You can go to AmazingAvenue.com, or uh, if you search Amazing Avenue Audio on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, or uh, directly from BlogTalkRadio.com, which is our host, you can find it right there. And we're up to episode 276, oh, maybe, something like that. So if you're a Mets fan, there's a lot to go back and listen to. Not that I'd recommend you necessarily go back and listen to all 275 episodes or whatever. Wow, that's awesome, though. That's good for you guys. You guys obviously got a good following, and... Got a lot of good content going on over there. I'm on episode yeah, I've one. On, I've so. been on the podcast about 100 episodes now, a little more. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so for the basis of this, we're going to talk about, I'm assuming, everything that you guys talk about over there. Start a, I want to start talking about, just from a couple of days back, Sandy Alderson came out to the media and he mentioned that the Mets were in the middle of what he saw, uh, in the middle of a buyer's and seller's market right now. I talked about it a little bit before, but what are your thoughts on that comment and how much do you read into the Mets being in the middle? Well, on one hand, I understand what he means. If you look at the team on paper, they should be much, much better than they are right now. And so when you look at the team and you say, we have two of the best starting pitchers in baseball, we have a solid outfield core that when they're healthy can compete with almost any outfield in the National League, we have a couple of young prospects that were called up this season that are performing, you know, reasonably well. I understand why you don't want to look at that and say we have to be sellers of the deadline. But I think when you look at the record and you look at specifically how they've played in the month of June, I mean, it's been atrocious. If, if this was how they played all season, there'd be no doubt that they'd be sellers at the deadline. This is clearly clearly one of the roughest patches they've had under Alderson's regime, and that's including some really bad teams. This shouldn't be a bad team, but they're playing terribly. And so because of that, I don't understand how he can reasonably believe them to be in the middle unless he really believes that getting players like Cespedes and Bruce back will suddenly you know, change their fortunes. But I just I can't see it from where I'm sitting. But as the general manager of a team in New York, I can understand why he can't come out and say, oh, yeah, we're going to tank it, we're going to sell off our pieces, and we're going we're gonna to rebuild, because rebuilding doesn't work in New York City. And, uh, and beyond that, I don't think that the Mets fan base will put up with a rebuild when they have, as I said before, so much talent. So they're really in a, in a tough position, because if they're going to sell, 
they could either sell, you know, small pieces, maybe a Familia, a Blevins, um, a Cabrera, players like that, and, you know, marginally improve the team for next season. But if their goal is to sell enough to really improve the team next season, well, then you're talking about trading an outfielder, whether that's Nimmo or Conforto, or trading a starting pitcher, whether it be DeGrom or or Syndergaard. And I just, I think that any of those moves would be very hard to swallow for the fan base. I agree. And I think that one of those big moves, like the latter names that you mentioned, any of those young core guys, if those guys get shipped off, that's something that is going to be the end of Alderson too, because then he's going to be setting it up for another GM to come in and rebuild at that point. So I think the small piece is going. And I think Familia and Blevins, like you mentioned, are big actually big names because those uh, closers and relief pitchers as rentals always end up coming back with uh, you you get back some pretty good pieces from teams just for that rental and those guys with expiring contracts even Astrubal Cabrera as long as these guys continue to play at a good level and a and they can be marketed to a contender or a buyer I think that those are the pieces that the, we'll see get traded I don't disagree with that, but I will say that I would have 100% agreed with you a year ago at this time. But last year, the Mets traded off Addison Reed, Curtis Granderson, Jay Bruce, and Lucas Duda. And they got back marginal relief pitchers for those players. And, you know, we've seen a couple of them debut now, uh, Drew Smith and uh, Jacob Brame, et cetera. But, you know, it's, it's just uh, the market is so weird right now. I would hope that Familia could bring you a mid-level prospect, somebody who's going to maybe you know, make an impact on the major league team in a year or two. But after last year's trade deadline, I don't know necessarily what the market is anymore. So I, I think they are going to have to make those trades no matter what. The question is, will those trades be a substantial enough upgrade or will those trades just cut some salary that – you know, that the cynic in me says the Wilpons won't reinvest in the team anyway. I agree, and I think you're right with that Addison Reed trade, specifically talking about renting out to another team a reliever. The return for the Mets was very marginal, along with, I think, really all the pieces they sold last year, they didn't get much, they didn't get much back. I know Gerson Bautista was another one that they got in a trade. Rain was for Granderson. Bautista was... Um, I can't remember exactly who they got Bautista from, but again, the returns seem to be marginal. And I think that if you talk about a trade coming back with a huge over overload of talent, the only two guys that will produce that is Syndergaard and DeGrom, but those guys aren't going to get sold. Like I, You agree, right, that those guys are the guys that are not going to move? I think, I mean, if the Mets played in Kansas City, one of those guys would get traded. I don't know what the New York landscape, if they could trade that guy and necessarily survive, tell about it. I agree. I think that, again, that would kind of force Alderson out, and that would upset really the entire fan base. I think that would put a lot of people over the edge, and there would be an uproar for sure. I mean, look at the last few World Series champions, the Cubs, the Astros. These are teams that tore down and and seriously tore down were terrible baseball teams for a number of years in order to stockpile prospects. The Mets are not going to do that. The Wilpons don't operate that way. The Wilpons are just, I mean, I I could talk for two hours about how much the Wilpons frustrate me, but they're not going to let the team 
rebuild that way, nor are they going to spend enough to avoid a rebuild. What happens is you stay in this middle area where you're not quite going for it and you're not quite rebuilding, and you just wind up in the middle of the road. I agree, and I think that they just have to focus on that young talent that they have, and I think that if they do sell away some of these pieces, like we mentioned before, being Familia Blevins, Ostrubel Cabrera, even Todd Frazier, any of these guys that could go, some of these older players, and then focus on the young core. And again, like we've, we Met fans have said for forever, is just build around that young core that we have, that starting pitching that we have. We never seem to go out and really, really get something good on the free agent market. And I mean, you look at this offseason, I saw something interesting before saying, you know, the Marlins sold everybody. They went out and sold everybody. They have 32 wins right now. The Mets went out and signed people in the offseason. They have 31 wins. So just yeah. you're looking at the guys that the Mets got this offseason, those are not the guys that you build around a young core with, like the young core that we have now and the young core that we have in AAA, looking at like guys like Alonzo, McNeil, and these guys now that are we're seeing come up like Drew Smith and Bachelor and those guys. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that, you know, the Mets are in a tough position when it comes to first base because Pete Alonso has been so good. You mentioned his name in AAA. He's been so good for AA this year. And he probably deserves a chance at the major league job. But they have Dom Smith there. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to rail against Dominic Smith. There's a lot of people out there who absolutely hate Dominic Smith for reasons I don't really understand. I am not particularly a fan of his. Um, but. I don't think that he is, you know, the worst baseball player who's ever lived or anything like that. And, uh, you know, they're trying him in left field, they're trying him at first base, trying to find something for him to do that will contribute to the major league team, and they're not finding that right now. That said, I do not see them uh, calling up Alonso this year while Smith is still around. So maybe if Smith were to get hurt, or do something so egregiously terrible they send him down, maybe then they call up Alonzo, but I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. The other guy you mentioned, Jeff McNeil, um, is a, uh, you know, he's a middle infielder and he's been hitting the cover off the ball. And that becomes a tricky situation too, because when you have Ezra Cabrera, who you're hoping to maybe showcase for a trade, you don't want to take away from his playing time at second base. So I understand why McNeil is still down, and hopefully if they can move Cabrera, you'll see McNeil called up the next day and be the starting second baseman for the rest of the season. Or I wish that they would have given uh, Luis Guillorme a, ch- a chance to play second base with more consistency because he's been playing third base. He was actually just optioned to AAA today, but he was, he's was he been playing mostly third base, which is not his natural position, or not even close to it. He's really a shortstop, but with Rosario there, you're not going to have him play shortstop. But my point is this. The Mets do have young players. They have young players they're trying to develop, but they're playing them out of position, and they're playing them – in a, in a way where they're not maximizing the value they can be bringing to the major league roster. And so, while I think that Alonzo and McNeil will help the situation, I don't necessarily know that it's going to be a reality to see those two playing in Queens this season. Uh, do you agree with that? I do. I, well, I think I agree more with you. Um, you mentioned you see McNeil coming up if Cabrera gets moved. And I think that mm-hmm. I think that I think it's really tough because like you said Giorme right now doesn't really have he's 
He's been on the major league roster, but he hasn't really had a spot. He's been pinch hitting and then coming in late because of his defensive prowess, and he showed it off a couple times. Obviously, in the game yesterday, he had such a hard time at third base, and like you said, he got optioned down today. Uh, Bautista comes up because they need a, someone in the bullpen, but I think that you're right that it's it's McNeil who has the better chance of coming up rather than Alonzo, just because I think now you've invested too much in Dominic Smith, and even now Dominic Smith is playing out of position, and he's in left field, and I understand that they're trying to get him work out there, but you're not going to send him down in favor of Alonzo unless there's something so dramatic that happens, like again he has to, or that or he gets hurt so I think you you're yeah. right about McNeil that we'll, we have a better chance of seeing him up here but um I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see either of them just because right now I think with the way the team is there's not a lot of veteran leadership there for those guys you know especially if all the, if, if pieces like Cabrera go Frazier went if, the, if any of those guys go it's tough to put those those young guys right up into the major leagues and throw them into the fire. Yeah, I agree with that. I I also think that the trading of Frazier is an interesting idea, but he needs to play better in order to be traded. Absolutely. I think that goes really for anyone right now because other than Cabrera, I know Familia has good numbers on paper for, for the most part, and Cabrera has been the best hitter on the team. But, yeah, the rest of the guys, if, if they're going to be – become a valuable piece for the Mets as we move closer to the trade deadline, they need to start performing or else no one, or else we're not going to be able to sell these pieces that we're just going to end up having to keep on, keep them and then get nothing out of it. Yeah, I agree. So I wanted to end with this. The other day we saw the Mets with Vargas out. They do the bullpen, the bullpen game where Jerry Blevins mm-hmm. starts and it does not go. It doesn't go good. Mets give up seven home runs. But we've seen it now kind of across the MLB becoming this sort of trend because they don't want to throw off the throw off the mojo of the starting rotation, make pitchers pitch on days or short rest or days where they're not supposed to pitch. Do you see this becoming more of a trend as we move down the line in Major League Baseball? You know, I, I sort of have mixed feelings about that. I, I think it will be more of a trend. But I think it's going to be really dependent on teams figuring out how to do that effectively. Like, for instance, I don't know why Jerry Blevins was chosen to start the game. I'm sure there was a reason for it, and I'm sure it was a a well-considered reason. I'll give the Mets the benefit of the doubt here. But Blevins, to me, isn't the ideal choice to start that game. You know, um, I personally might have started with Gazelman. He has experience starting, coming out and warming up is, is, you know, unfamiliar to him this season, but not unfamiliar to him, you know, over the course of his career. I think if teams can find a way to utilize the bullpen in this sort of a game, it does make sense, you know, especially if it's a situation where you're not, where you don't need to win the game. I think it would be very different with teams in the pennant hunt and there's a must-win game. You're not going to go to the bullpen game then then you're going to get the pitcher a day off or whatever. But for now, in in the position the Mets are in, I don't think that they feel that any game is a must-win game. So you you experiment. You try and make this work. My big concern with the bullpen game is that you have to be really steadfast in your approach. You have to say, 
I'm going to use these four pitchers. They're each going to pitch two innings, and then I'm going to bring in somebody for the ninth. Because if you're using six or seven relievers, you're, you're blowing your entire bullpen for the next day. I, I think you really have to be controlled and uh, it just determined to play the bullpen game your way. Because the second you deviate from that, you're really risking not just the next game, but really the next two games of bullpen usage. Right, I agree. And I think that the one thing that I think is a big piece in that is you look at the starting rotation of a team. When you have an injury like the Mets had, it makes sense to do it. But I also think it, it could make sense to do it to uh, give someone some time off, you know, and maybe skip a start in the rotation. And especially it helps when you have Jake DeGrom going out there the next day and you can think, you know, for the most part, you can think, okay, DeGrom's going to give us seven. If we throw four guys out there, like you said, that you don't deviate from that approach, that works, then it works perfectly. But I think, of course, if, again, someone blows up and then you have to use a fifth or a sixth reliever, all of a sudden now you're shortchanging yourselves for the next couple of days. I think it has to do a lot with the scheduling of your games. If you have an off day in between there, it's a perfect time to do it. And it also has to do with what the team's rotation looks like. But I think it's different, and I do like it. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I think that there's the, the other part of this that maybe teams need to reinvest in is a long man. You know, a lot of teams don't have a traditional long man now. If you do have that traditional long man, then you can start the game with him, and he can go three or four innings, and then that really saves your bullpen. But typically, teams don't carry that pitcher that's going to go out there and throw more than two innings. It just doesn't happen anymore. So if they did that, I think you would also see an improvement in the bullpen game. But, of course, it wouldn't be as much of a bullpen game as it is when you have, you know, one, two inning spurts from people. Of course. All right, Brian, with that, I want to thank you for coming on, talking with me, just giving us your opinion. And obviously you have a lot of knowledge about this Mets team. Moving forward, hopefully that the Mets look a lot better than they have and we can get to that point at the trade deadline where we can add some marginal pieces like we said. What are your thoughts for the team in the next coming month? Uh, well, I, I'll say this. I think if the Mets don't put together a winning record between now and the trade deadline, no matter if they're one game away, if they're at 500, they have to sell. There's just no way the team can can bounce back if if they're going into the All Star if they're going to the trade deadline with uh, with having not had a winning record from now until then you know for the next month or 34 days whatever it is um, I would also say that if the Mets are going to be buyers they're kind of in a tough position to buy and I don't know where you necessarily upgrade I don't think that a I don't think there's a catcher or a starting pitcher out there. Maybe a starting pitcher who would who would make a lot of sense for the Mets, and if there are those pieces out there, I don't know who you're trading for them. I, I, I personally, my gut is that the Mets have to be sellers this off this uh, trade deadline. As much as that breaks my heart to say it, I agree. I think it's I I think we're completely heading in that direction. So I don't see things changing. I think you're right. As bad as I don't want it to happen, I don't want to keep watching us lose I think that it's something that we're going to be getting accustomed to for a little while moving forward unfortunately I agree 
All right, but again, I had a great time. I appreciate you coming on to talk with us one more time. Of course, my pleasure. Head over to Amazing Avenue, Amazing, Amazing Avenue, Avenue Audio. You can find it on iTunes and and Stitcher, you said? Yeah, Stitcher. Pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, you can find it. Okay, cool. So head over there and head over to the Amazing Avenue blog on SB Nation. Check out Brian's post, all the other guys that contribute. He edits all that stuff for them. Brian, once more, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Hope to do this again sometime. Sounds good. Have a good one. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Big shout out to Brian Salvatore coming on the podcast once more. Really appreciate it. Go check his stuff out on Amazing Avenue, the SB Nation blog. And we told you where you could find the podcast, Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you can find podcasts, whether that be Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that. Thank you guys for tuning in to the first ever podcast for the Home of the Hurt. Please be sure to go check out the blog again, homeofthehurt.wordpress.com. Got a new article up there today talking about what the Mets should be doing as they move forward in this next month as we get closer to the trade deadline. My opinion there, well out of the race. Teams in shambles and they need to get these guys who can become valuable trade pieces. Guys like Ostrubel Cabrera, Todd Frazier, Jerry Blevins, Jerry's Familia performing at the top of their game so that those guys can become rentals, people that they can court and market to these contenders and buyers as the market heats up towards the end of July. They can get some pieces back, hopefully some pieces in the bullpen, some young talent that they can groom in their system and eventually bring up, have an impact as we move forward and as the Mets move forward, trying to become relevant once again hoping to not end up in the cellar or, or stay in the cellar that uh, the cellar of the NL East division. But once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to stay tuned to my Twitter at JT two underscores Clark JT underscore underscore Clark on my Twitter. It's where I'll be posting any articles I, I post. The link to my blog is in the bio and I will post any and all information about new content from me whether that's a blog a podcast or anything like that you can find it there and hopefully like I said we'll be expanding from just the Mets to the Mets and the Jets as the Jets season starts to come around the corner thank you guys for tuning in have a great day I got a rice cooking in the microwave got a three-day beard I don't plan to shave and it's a Goofy thing, but I just gotta say, hey, I'm a doing all right. Yeah, I think I'll make me some homemade soup. I'm feeling pretty good, and that's the truth. It's neither drink nor drug induced, no, I'm just doing all right. And it's a great day to be alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes. There's some Hard times in the neighborhood, but why can't